Hello, legends. Today, I catch up with Pauline Nguyen, co-owner of an iconic Darlinghurst dining establishment, The Red Lantern. Red Lantern is the world's most awarded Vietnamese restaurant and has been in operation for over 21 years. Pauline is also an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and owner of a chai tea startup called Tiger Purr. Pauline and I discussed the hospitality industry, its importance in society, and the challenges it's currently facing here in Australia. Her journey in spirituality, overcoming a violent upbringing to find peace and a spiritual center, and the importance of having regular conversations with your customers in a relaxed setting and how that can give you the insights, slogans, and motivation you need to make a big impact in your business. Pauline is a very special and inspirational person. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to her. I hope you enjoyed the show. So I can't believe your restaurant is literally up the road from my house, just in Darlinghurst. <laughs> you must come. It's the most awarded Vietnamese restaurant in the world. I know. 21 years now we've been in business in what is a very challenging, fickle and competitive industry. It, that's true. If you make it 21 years in hospitality, yep. you are a master of the game. <laughs> a master of the game of grit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because hospitality is one of those industries. I, I always feel like it's kind of one of the most um, – like almost underappreciated because like when COVID happened, you realize how desperate you were to, to go to a restaurant or just to go out and socialize. You know, it, it really highlighted the importance of having places to go to feel something and to, to bond and to experience something with people. Yeah. But, the, but the hospitality game, and I'm going to ask you, you know, for, for your stories and stuff on it, but the hospitality game is also so difficult. The margins are difficult. The the employment laws are difficult. I, I know they've just released new employment laws. It just gets harder and harder. Yeah, they're making it harder and harder for, for Australia to have a thriving hospitality scene. Yeah. Um, what, what, what have been your secrets to success over the years? Um, grit is one of my favourite words. I even love saying it. Grit. Grit. It's a passion and perseverance for long-term goals, right? understanding that life is a marathon and not a sprint. And I think for most people, unless you are a huge conglomerate, um, for most people who run small to medium businesses in hospitality, we do it because it's in our blood. I started working full-time when I was seven um, in my parents' businesses. Um, my dad owned a restaurant, an ice cream parlour. Um, he owned Cabramatta's very first business. Uh, Cafe. He was Cabramatta's very first barista. Um, he also had a video library and a driving school on the side. So that level of entrepreneurship and grit, um, hospitality, uh, being hospitable uh, is in my blood. It's in my blood. So it, it, Daniel, in during COVID, um, how did we survive it? Pivoted. You know, what is pivoting? It's simply a redirection of energy, right? Um, are we going to buckle up and go into fetal position like so many of our industry peers or are we going to step up and, and do things really, really quickly? I think what made us survive COVID was because we created such a community and when you spoke to, you know, where are we going to go during this time? Everyone's in lockdown. Um, we were still doing takeaway. I was doing drive, um, you know, uh, deliveries <laughs> and it was so funny. I'd, you know, people would answer the door and they'd be like, what are you doing here, Pauline? <laughs> it's like, it's my business and all my staff have gone back to their country and they'd pull out their tips and they'd be tipping, but don't 
tip me. I appreciate your business so much. But what we also did was um, takeaway. And so people were just coming by, even though they were waving from a distance, just to have community. And there was uh, so many moments where we had regulars just just stand, having chats, you know, with what uh, having the, the distance between them as well. But that sense of community and connection is so important, isn't it? It's so important. And we always find a way. We always find a way. Yeah. And well, I mean, no one agrees that community and connection is more important than me, but but it's it's what we do at Cub and, and what we're doing now with Boa. But you actually bring up an interesting point. It's what restaurants do too. Yeah. We, we almost are in a somewhat similar business in, in that we, 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 we facilitate bonding, whether they be from new connections or, or you know, family members and people you've known your whole life. We, we, well, maybe we don't do that family members thing so much, but we do new connections and, and existing relationships a lot. But we are in very similar businesses. And where, where do you think your passion um, stems from with, within hospitality? What, what do you love most about it? Uh, where does the passion come from? Um, the absolute obsession with great quality produce, uh, I'm, I'm not a professional cook, by the way. I'm a professional taster. <laughs> I have people who do the cooking. Um, just exquisite wine, uh, especially service as well and product knowledge. Um, where does the passion come from? A huge dose of never give up ology. <laughs> That's where the passion comes from. I was, I was literally in the sauna on the weekend and there's like a little TV in there. Uh, one of those new infrared saunas. Have you tried them? They're, yeah. they're pretty cool. And anyway, there's like a little TV in there and I was flicking through YouTube and a Steve Jobs video came up and it's, it was like a short clip or whatever, but it was basically him saying that like in order to be successful, like to to be successful or to, 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 you know, to do something great in the world is extraordinarily hard. It's extraordinarily difficult. And if you don't love what you do and if you're not passionate about what you do, you're not going to, you're not, you're going to give up eventually you know, because it's just that difficult. And, and like what I'm just get, getting from you is that there's no give up, you know, there's just grit and, and you you obviously love what you do so much. And like, I just, that, that made me kind of, that made me remember that video. I think, um, the whole, I get asked a lot about giving up because it's so fucking hard, right? It's so hard, but it's, I don't think you give up because it's hard. You give up when it sucks, when it really, really sucks. And um, we've had so many moments when we've fallen to our knees, but we get back up and we swing the bat again and we swing at the bat again. But the way the government's making things even harder and harder, it, it might come a time where it might suck. <laughs> yeah, can you t- can you talk to me about that? So, because I I um I saw in a newspaper, I can't remember which one, but it was about new laws where they're saying that there won't be any more casual staff. They're all going to have to be full-time. Is that correct? Or uh, I, I don't know about that, but all the rates are going up. Yeah, the minimum rates. And, um, you know, it's getting to the point where it's really hard to make the numbers make sense. And um, that's across the board. <laughs> and so how can restaurants, like in your opinion, how can restaurants battle that? Is it just, well, we all need to put up our prices uh, of our food and the customer's going to have to pay more because of the government? That's got to be what, and that's kind of happening, isn't it? Because I'm noticing things are more expensive. I mean, I think everyone's noticing things are more expensive now. Um, I spend a lot of time in the States. Um, I I travel a lot to speak um, on the world stage. Um, And then coming back here and thinking, wow, our restaurant scene is so much more expensive than the States in a lot of ways. And so much more limited. Yeah. And then um, I had a girlfriend come here recently 
And she said, why is it so expensive? You know, and it, it's not so much the produce, it's um, staff costs. Staff, rent, tax. All of it, mm. but mostly staff. Yeah, so that's the biggest problem with it, within the hospitality game at the moment, you'd say. Yeah, and that's what I think customers don't really understand. But it's an age-old problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look, I, I actually <laughs> – I was sitting around thinking the other day, if I was like the like leader of, of Sydney or New South Wales, how would I make it better? Because it, it's a pretty good, beautiful place. Yeah. But the, num- the first thing I would do, and this was a pretty quick thought – <laughs> don't laugh as to why I was sitting around thinking if I was the head of New South Wales, but, but <laughs> I, <bet laughs> I was. You think a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you know that what the what the thing was? It was it was culture and arts. Mm. So it was like hospitality, like bands, like uh, there's something beautiful when people create. Like, like I'm kind of lumping hospitality into the arts at the moment, but I guess it is because, you know, food and, 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 and emotion and connection and the experience could, you know, is a bit of an art. But, but that's what Sydney lacks most. It is, it's your industry and it's, it's the things that come with that industry, like live performances, uh, you know, singers, comedians. Like it's just the whole hospitality um, uh, an art sector, I really feel like we need to be lifting that sector. And, and for some reason, they keep trying to squash it. Yeah, it is, it is creation for creation's sake. Um, there is an art to hospitality. There is an art to cooking. There is an art to food and wine matching. There is an art to... Um, Even to, to service. Yeah. yeah, that is definitely an art. And in the hospitality game... You've got a very – I mean, there's a lot of businesses that are a similar structured in a staffing sense, but but most aren't. So hospitality have a lot of um, uh, staff turnover, not in a negative way, but in like there's a lot of casual staff. You have a lot of um, uh, 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 like – migrants and part-time, you know, people visiting Australia who, who are here on working visas and, you know, there's a lot of movement in the team. Um, and how do you kind of – maintain like what are your systems in terms of maintaining a, a, a culture and a, and a standard and a, you know because if you've got a fixed team like for example mine it's it would be easier to kind of maintain that so we'd be less good at doing it than someone like yourself because you'd have to be uh, a lot you'd have to have a lot better systems towards um ensuring all new staff members uphold your culture and, and deliver the desired experience to your customers like what are some what are some ways you found that are best to do that? So um, I I travel the world and I speak on the world stage. Uh, I've come back from Mexico and um, it was an audience of four thousand people. And what I speak about is the Red Lantern story and spiritual entrepreneurship and how how to connect the two. And um, one of the uh, topics of my keynote is staff retention. Um, Red Lantern has uh, a staff turnover rate of 11%, which is unheard of in hospitality. And so we have a prerequisite to be a staff member, and that is QAF, which is quirky as fuck. (laughs) You have to be quirky as fuck to work there. And so what it really – you should see our manager, beautiful man called Adam Towers. He's the definition of quirky as fuck, as um, are the owners, myself, Mark and Luke. And it keeps things fun. It keeps things fun. Even something so, so terrible that almost killed us, like COVID, um, we were, you know, still recovering from the first lockdown when the second lockdown happened. But – 
spirits are still high and now that's what you that's what to be in spirit and inspired is all about and so how would how did we maintain our spiritedness during that time and so we got busy we were creating the most quirky as fuck videos pushing it out on social media and that's what we that I think that is a big part of why we're still around because our um, clientele are always saying what are they up to now what crazy shit are they doing now? <laughs> you know? And so to watch the journey of um, how Red Lantern have evolved um, is something that the public, the media, our customers and clients are always interested and pay attention to. And it's kind of, yeah, because it's like the art of surprise. Yep. It's like, what are they going to do? Or like, what am I going to experience into like, you know, what am I going to laugh at? Or what am I going to be shocked at? Yeah. And and it's three though. It's three. It's joy, love and surprise. Joy, love and surprise, joy, love and surprise yeah. are the three human emotions that connect us the most. And and also that would be so entertaining for the team because, you know, even in a bad time, they've got something fun to think about, like, you know, what should we do? Well, how are we gonna how are we gonna deliver joy joy love and surprise. and surprise? <laughs> how are we gonna deliver those three things yeah. uh, to to our clients in, in any situation? But never forgetting the um, the foundations, right? Great food. Um, great wine and uh, amazing service, QAF service. <laughs> so, so the way you look at it is, we need to be experts at like, and any business can do this. So, what are like the fundamental services or products we're providing? We need to be experts in those in in the fundamentals. But then, what makes us uniquely us? And that's your uh, quirky as fuck. That's kind of like, would you call that your like your values, or it's just like your culture? No, that, it's just that, like that a, goes to the start. That that goes um, that speaks to why we. Um, maintain our team members. Um, but also the, the experience of for yeah. clients too well, because our, our team members. Our credo at Red Lantern is to uplift the human spirit through the alchemy of flavour, hospitality and heart. To uplift the human spirit through the alchemy of flavour, hospitality and heart. So um, it's a beautiful combination that ticks all the boxes of who we are. I'm gonna, Alchemists. I need to come to this restaurant. <laughs> like I said, I'm just in Potts Point, so I've got to, I've got to walk down. Wanna, we should also do a lot of like, we should do some cub um, dinners there and get to, get a lot should. of the members <laughs> there. Yeah, we can do. We we do a lot of heads per week, um, uh, even just in Sydney. But between the two clubs, I, I I can't remember what the number is, but there's a huge number of heads per week. So we could we could be doing a lot of that. We totally should be doing a that lot. That would of that. be amazing. We would love the support. Uh, we deliver such an amazing product. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll come maybe I'll come in the next two weeks with my fiance and and, yeah. and then I'll get I'll get the um uh, I'll connect you to whoever's appropriate in the team I think Kirsten and we'll we'll organize to 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 put in a lot of member dinners or lunches. Yeah. Uh, Let me know when you're there. I happen to know the owners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we well, have a beautiful private dining room um, in the back, and um, a lot of entrepreneurial meetings are there. It's um, during COVID um, because we had to reduce the. Well, the, the numbers were restricted. And so uh, Mark, the father of my children, he in a past life is a um, award-winning hairdresser. Um, he also uh, is very vocal about his mental health. Um, and so during this time, he was, okay, so we can't fit 30 to 40 people in this room anymore. You know, what are we going to do? And I think this is the beauty about Red Lantern. We're always, we're always pivoting. We're always redirecting our energy. And so... He changed the private dining room and made it the cut gentleman's club and barbershop. And so during this time, he upgraded his barber skills and created a space where um, 
gentlemen like him who suffer from um, depression, loneliness, displacement can come, share a whiskey, have a shave, have a haircut, and he's very, very good at shooting the breeze, right? I'm terrible at it. I just get straight to the point. And so he created this gentleman's club called the Cut Barbershop and Gentleman's Club. And by day, it is that. He cuts hair. He loves it. And by night, it becomes a private dining room um, that now seats 16. Oh, wow. Well, maybe um, I'll bring some family members with me then. Yeah, look, it's so stylish. Um, In uh, the year before last – um, GQ voted it top 25 barbershops in Australia, in New South Wales, in New oh. South Wales, because he's a very stylish man. He looks like David Beckham, right? And so he's got all these threads there and he sells his clothes and cuts hair and yeah, it's a, it's a cool vibe. So barbershop by day, um, uh, restaurant by night, but we uh, have the private dining room um, a lot for small, smaller entrepreneurial groups. It's a sliding door. It's got a real Sopranos feel about it. Oh, you know, cool. You know, secret backdoor entry, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. And and what's the style of food? Like what's the – I know it's Vietnamese, yeah. but, but is it – uh, like traditional? Is it modern? Is it? Well, they're all my family's recipes, but of course, um, I always always like to melange the old with the new, and um, we have qualified chefs, so it's family family recipes. But you know, it changes with the seasons, and they get very um, creative about. I mean, the art of it, right? The art of all of it. Oh my god, I'm excited! <laughs> and so, what made you start writing? Like, why did you become an author? Well. Because um, I imagine a, a restaurant would keep you real busy. Let me think about how it started. Okay. So 21 years ago, we opened Red Lantern. Uh, my brother Luke is a famous chef. You, you may or may not know him. Luke Nguyen, he um, has a whole lot of television shows and cookbooks and um, he's the face of um, – he had a tenure with um, – Oh, he's now the face of Vietnam Air. Anyway, uh, when he opened the restaurant, he got a lot of attention. We got a lot of attention. And a woman came one day and said, can I write your story? And so, uh, okay, let me have a think about that. I'm just thinking, why is she wanting to write my story? Why don't I write my story? That makes more sense. Never written a book before. No idea about publishing. And so, um, actually, this is a very interesting story. Thank you for reminding me. How hard can it possibly be to get a book deal? You know what I'm going to do? So I wrote three chapters. I called up Murdoch Books, which was huge at the time. This was before all the changes to um, publishing. I think this was in 2006. Um, Hi, my name's Pauline. Um, I'd like to speak to the head publisher if I could. I come from a restaurant called Red Lantern. Would love to speak about a book. I don't know how I got in. Um, meeting with the head publisher at the time called Kay Scarlett. Hi, Kay. Um, never written a book before. Here are the first three chapters. Have a restaurant called Red Lantern. Um, what do you reckon? <laughs> right? On that day, on that day, in that meeting, that was when their offices were down at the wharf and it was just all very intimidating and overwhelming and so wonderful. And she said, and I also had a um, photographer in mind called Alan Benson. I, I was averse to all that kind of sparse, too cool for school, really sparing photography. His photography was rich and opulent, opulent and honest. And so this is my book. Um, here are the three chapters um, and this is the photographer that I want. And she said, 
It's going to be called Secrets of the Red Lantern. It's going to become an international bestseller. And yes, Alan Benson is one of our photographers. And that's how I got the book deal. Wow. <laughs> that's literally how I got the book deal. It is a great title. And it won, um, I won debut writer of the year for it. It became an international bestseller and pretty much changed the trajectory of my life. Um, uh, in what way? In what way? It's a very deep and dark personal memoir disguised as a cookbook. I disguised it as a cookbook so people would buy it. It worked a treat. Um, how did it change? So the story is very dark and beautiful. It's very dark and beautiful. Um, I come from a very violent upbringing. My parents, uh, well, my family and I are boat people. We escaped Vietnam just after the war and coming to, well, I stayed in a refugee camp in Thailand for a year. It was where my brother Luke was born. And when we came to Australia, my father suffered terribly from um, PTSD. So growing up was very, very violent, horrifically so. And um, it's a very candid memoir, very healing memoir, very cathartic memoir, disguised as a cookbook. And um, I started getting letters from people all around the world, all around the world, from uh, victims of domestic abuse uh, like myself, from um, Vietnam vets who suffered the same as my father. But the biggest surprise for me was the amount of letters from children whose parents were survivors of the Holocaust. Um, same story, different war. Uh, and so it changed the trajectory of my life because now I was invited um, to travel and attend writers' festivals and create um, meetings and events to assist others with their own journey. And that's when my uh, healing journey and therefore my coaching journey started as well because I'm a firm believer in that the life we live are the lessons that we teach and the lessons that we teach must be the life that we live. Otherwise, it's uh, an incongruent existence, right? It also sounds like it it, it enabled you to tap in to a community of people that have experienced something similar to, to yourself and, and how that community is then able to help each other relate and heal yes. together. And, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like the ultimate outcry to the world. And because it was so well written and relatable and, and just a, fanta a fantastic piece of art, people across the world saw it and, and saw themselves in you and it, like, I can imagine that being a very special moment. Oh, joy, love and surprise, right? Joy, love and surprise. They bought what they thought was a cookbook. Yeah, you definitely surprised them. <laughs> and they went, holy shit, okay. Um, but that was uh, really the beginning of my journey as a, um, a keynote speaker, as a, uh, a coach, um, a, a mentor, because I now uh, had so many tools to offer and assist other people. But um, today, that's what I spend most of my time doing, um, uh, teaching and coaching and healing. And help, helping people. And how do you feel that um, experiencing a violent upbringing, how do, you, how do you feel that impacts someone's life or how did that impact your life and, and shape who you are today? It impacted my life in a terrible way. Uh, how, could, how could it not? But uh, with my understanding of intergenerational trauma, 
And I decided that the cycle end with me. Um, it was I wasn't going to pass it on to my generation, the next generation. And so it all starts with a decision. And through the work that I've done on myself, as well as the work that I continue to do on myself, uh, I have made the decision to see all of that as my training. It, it also my training. It also sounds like um, the ability to empathise as to why that was happening, you know, perhaps what your father experienced helped you make that decision as well, maybe understand it better? Is that uh, I, I, I don't do empathy. I certainly do a whole lot of compassion. Well, compassion. Sorry. Yeah, and so um, I have compassion for what my father put us through. Um, he didn't know any better, right? But the book, the first book, um, Secrets of the Red Lantern, um, it's a beautiful story. He was able to read that and, and really get a different lens on, on everything. And um, Daniel, the amount of letters we got from people all around the world to say how they thought he was a hero. Wow. Yeah. Profound. Really, really profound on so many levels. It is. It, it, it's, it's kind of like, a, it, you know, when they make characters in, in movies and, and sometimes the most loved characters or maybe often or normally the most loved characters are, um, are people with, with, with large flaws. Yeah. You know, or, or what what could be considered flaws? Are we all flawed though? I I messed up, yeah. but and I know a lot of people are. Yeah. But but I think what you've done or, or what your story shows is an understanding as to you know why that happened and a decision to say that that's not going to dictate yeah. uh, my life and that's that 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 energy or that kind of whatever that that is stops here and we're going to be pushing positive. Um, energy moving forwards and that energy is going to, it's kind of like karma, you know, that energy will then flow on and, and someone else will be positive because they receive that. Yeah. As, as we, as we heal ourselves, we obviously heal the present and the, then the future, but then also the past. And it's this continuum that we, that it's always starts with a decision. And I was tired of living with victim consciousness. I was, it's tiring. It's tiring. And so through uh, the events of the book, my father never gave us an apology and we were beyond requiring an apology, but he gave us acknowledgement. Yeah, that's all we needed. That would have been powerful. Yeah. And so that led to, I guess, a very spiritual um, focus or enlightenment within yourself and, 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 and that's what your next book was about, no? Yes. So uh, my next book was released in 2017 uh, the Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, The Seven Secrets to Becoming Fearless, Stress-Free and Unshakable in Business and in Life. Um, in the year of its release, it won Best Entrepreneurship and Small Business Book Award um, and very different to the first book. And like I said before, the life we live are the lessons that we teach and the lessons that we teach must be the life that we live. So um, it, again, it's uh, another memoir of sorts, but I'm a much more evolved and more professional human being than I used to be. And what are the, what are the, um, I guess, what are some uh, tips you could share with me and the listeners about spirituality and entrepreneurship? Sure. First of all, spirituality has nothing to do with religion, not the spirituality that I teach. I believe that it is religion that needs spirituality. Spirituality does not need religion. What does it mean to be spiritual? It's simply to live your life in spirit and inspired. Uh, asking questions every day like, what do I need to do to feel the way I want to feel? Who do I need in my orbit to help me to get to where I want to go faster? What would love do? 
And it's understanding that there's got to be more than just about making money. We're here on this earth to do three things, to evolve, to continually evolve. That's what mastery is all about, a continued evolution. To evolve, to push our humanity forward. How are we pushing our humanity forward? What are you doing as a contribution to our species, to our communities, to the world? And three is to do with joy. (laughs) The last part is what we often forget. Um, So much suffering happens. Suffering is the absence of joy. That's what it really is. So people think, oh, my God, I want to be successful and I'm going to do this. And success, what is true success? True success is when you can really have inner peace. True success is you can find joy in the smallest things, the blooming of a flower, sitting here in this moment in time with you guys, um, drinking this delicious water, that sort of thing. And so you realise that it all comes down to self-mastery and self-leadership. And what do you need to do to feel the way I want to feel? So as you are probably, um, well, no doubt um, in the company of so many people like this, some of the most successful people we know live their lives in spirit and inspired, right? I agree. I, I, I think also the older I get and the, the more mature um, my business gets, the more spiritual, spiritual I find myself in, in thinking. Yeah. Like it's kind of, and I don't know, like I see also spiritually, I kind of link it with like philosophy and like patterns and rules. It's kind of like a, you, you want to, leave the world in a better place as, as, and business is a great way to do that. You know, business is a, a way that you can um, impact the lives of and, and, and yeah, impact the lives of, of you've systemized a, a way of impacting the lives of more people than you could ever do yourself as one person. And it, in a way like, like religion or, or, or other methods worked in doing the same thing, but business is, is a is a really special way of systemizing uh, your impact on the world, and if you're constantly having that thought, like you know, am I br- I'm bringing value to others? I'm 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 doing something good for society, and, and like we talk about it as a team a lot. It's like we do the most. Spe- I always tell the guys, the team, is that we do something. Um, what we do is the most special thing you can do. We make friendships between a group of people who are so special to society, to, for business owners who, who impact society, their families, their teams, um, the people that they serve uh, in, in, and so many others in such a positive way, we're, we're giving them um, the ability to, to connect as humans and, and human connection is, I mean, I always say is, is the most fundamental thing we need. We're dead without each other. Well, connection is why we're all here, right? Connection is what gives our life meaning and purpose. Yeah. But then we go to the quality of connections. How connected are you to yourself? How much sovereignty do you have? How much understanding do you have of yourself? Why you do the things you do? Um, the connection to yourself of who you really are. Okay, when we can get there, now you have more to offer the world. Yeah. So it starts from the inside out with self-leadership and self-mastery. That's what spirituality is really about, right? Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. And so you're an you're a, a international speaker, you, you, you write books, you've got a, a restaurant, you're a mum, and you've got a startup. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about the startup. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, it's called Tiger Purr. The busyness of your life is, is making me feel busy though. <laughs> <laughs> I have really good people around me. Yeah. Again, because I asked the question, who do I need in my orbit to help me to get to where I want to go faster? But then we have to become attractive to attract those people, right? Obviously, 
looks helps. <laughs> but um, the thoughts we think, the words we speak, the actions we take, the energy we emit. Um, it's being a good person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also understanding what I'm not good at. Um, I don't waste a lot of time on what I'm not good at. I rather magnify what I'm really good at. And so I have a lot of people around me to do all the things that I can't do and don't really want to do. So uh, Tiger Purr um, is uh, uh, the new startup. Yeah, premium chai. It was um, we started in February, March. Very new startup. Yes, very new startup. Um, why did we create it? Because I was sick and tired of drinking terrible chai. Again, I'm all about flavor. I'm all about quality. I'm all about premium. I'm all about experiences. And so um, I'd go to, you know, so many times I'm on my way to a conference or a meeting. I grab a chai. Uh, I love drinking dirty chai, which is chai with coffee. And, oh, they've poisoned me again. It's powdered. It's artificial. Now I'm bloated. I'm uncomfortable. And I feel like going back to the cafe and stabbing them in the eye. <laughs> You've poisoned me again. And it was just constant frustration. And I think this is um, one of the uh, – people call it an illness Pauline has. I'm going to solve this problem. <laughs> I'm going to create the most delicious chai in the world. I've travelled um, across India. I know that they love it really, really strong, but they also have it very, very sweet. I'm not going to do that. I, I need to make something that is artisan, that is high quality. Oh, I actually know an award-winning chef who knows how to put together recipes. Actually, I know a few of them. I also have a restaurant. I also have um, a manufacturer who's one of my best friends. Um, she owns Burger ingredients, uh, Fergus Burger is her surname, and um, she also is an award-winning manufacturer. I, I can get her to create it. All right, it took a year to perfect the recipe. Um, okay, what else? I need an, a multi-award-winning brand strategist and designer. It needs to be world-class. And so I got um, uh, someone to do that. She's my, my business partner in, in this. And so all the design, all the website, everything is, is her. It's Emma Scott. She's a, she's a genius around this. Um, who else do I need? So I just got all these people together and crafted this amazing, amazing product. And um, we are planning to go into retail. But when you spoke of busyness, Daniel, uh, I'm really busy. Yes, I have a lot of people who make it a lot of fun. I did not expect how much fun spruiking up Bondi markets would be. <laughs> it is, I actually look forward to it. I wake up early all the time anyway, but I have to get up at what, 3.30, um, 3, 3.30 every Saturday morning. I, it's a meditative experience for me. I make 40 litres of chai. Um, we make it with chai with oat milk, a little bit of honey. Um, I have like 10 big thermoses and um, my son helps me load the car. We take it to Bondo Markets and it's, you know, 9am to 1pm and Emma and I, we're just spruiking and shit, well, I don't know, spruik, I, I love spruiking because we're not passive. We're not standing behind the couch. She's grabbing the little tray, going across the field, giving samples to everyone and I'm talking it up, getting just sharing so many samples. Obviously we make some money as well but I did not expect how much fun that would be. I'm really, really enjoying it. So not only are we doing um, digital retail, we're also doing grassroots and um, we plan to have more teams across markets um, around Australia. It's We're just tackling it from all angles and it's fun. fun. What, what also a special experience with your son, like 
you know, doing the hard work. Well, he he's waking up on Saturday morning as well. You know, packing the car, <laughs> going like that, that's it, that's all school. And if you think about it, like I, I'd imagine be, the markets being selling at the markets being so much fun because it's kind of like the most or one of the most primitive. Like that's where business started. You know, in like town squares, like, you know, grab your peanuts. These are the best peanuts. But you're like, or like people screaming and like, oh, but you know, like it's kind of like the most fundamental form of business. It's got your, you got your marketing, your sales, you got your product, your, your placement, where you position in the market. It's, it's all the fun. In fact, they should make a business show like, a, you know, it's so much fun. about the markets and who does the best. Yeah. You know? um, and we've got prime position. We locked that in and um, the, the guys who run it are amazing. And, uh, you know, bless her, Emma's like, I feel like. We're part of a carnival, you know, like carnival team. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> everyone knows everyone. And the beauty of it is you get direct market research as well, just chatting with everyone and the amount of people who come back and say, every week we pray that you're here. We pray that you're here. You know, it, and obviously it's like, what, what do you love about it? It's next level. It's 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 clearly quality and we just love it so much. So, um, yeah, it's and, and it's interesting because uh, it's, again, it's something that we've never done before, but we have – Absolutely no doubt that we're going to go global and do amazing things because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> and and I think it's important also that while you're having fun and, you know, you're getting the brand out there and, and you're doing things, but but speaking directly to your target audience, yeah. you know, to, to the customers. Businesses don't do that enough. Just go chat, you know, ask them not even about your product but about, products like yours in general, like just having conversations, getting their feedback. I'm sure you've probably even got it, gotten some like potential slogans or, you know, like words they've used to describe things yeah, that you can tastes use. Tastes like Christmas, your... feels like a warm hug, next level. You know? Yeah, see, that's the <laughs> stuff you get things. when you speak to people. Yeah, and uh, uh, about my son, he doesn't get up at 3.30. He gets up at the last five minutes that, he, <laughs> that I need him. <laughs> Smart boy. <laughs> I give him $10 for helping and another $10 in tips if he gives me a good attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that though because – because attitude is fundamental towards success in life. Yeah. You know, I, I really think that that's like a profound thing to to, to pay a kid for. Because no, I'm trading him. Yeah, you know, that's when, really When we first clever. started, he's like, oh, he's 14, so that's how he speaks most of the time. And and now I give him $10 tip if you give me a good attitude. And now it's like, yes, mother, straight away, mother. <laughs> it's, 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 and we're not playing, we're just playing. <laughs> but it's a great, like, yeah. I, I think it's a great lesson, great concept. And it, it's kind of also similar to the American tipping system, you know, like if you're really good to someone, really nice to someone, you, you get a better tip. Like it, <laughs> it, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, the better you do, the, the more you make. Mm -hmm. And tell me about the health benefits of chai because I'm sure there are plenty. I just, uh, I don't know them, but I'm sure you'll have a really good understanding of why people should be drinking chai. Well, first of all, we use premium grade Assam tea, which is um, a beautiful sustain release caffeine. It's a most sustain release caffeine of all the teas. It's unlike coffee where there's a high, high and a low, low. And then we have... Um, oh, so it has caffeine chai? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's chai is black tea with spice. Oh. And um, I, I love it. I yeah, that, I was going to ask, what actually is it? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I type faster. I speak more articulately. I'm always on. Um, I drink all day. And then, of course, um, ginger cardamom, cassia, cinnamon, um, angelica root, Sichuan pepper, um, all the thing, all the spices that we put in it, it's very, um, how can I say, 
very based on Chinese medicine, but delicious. Everything I do needs to be delicious. So there's a whole lot of health benefits in in the spices that we use, um, digestive, um, anti-inflammatory, um, you feel calmer. We've got a few um, new ranges coming out, one for libido and also one for digestion. <laughs> I'm going to need the digestion one. So when you <laughs> Not the libido that, one, just the digestion one. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm good on that front, but <laughs> my stomach doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, so I need that digestion one. Now, tea is something that um, I've like recently got into. My, my fiance is really big on it. She like to her, it's like she sits down and she like it's a ritual. Yeah, she loves the tea. Yeah. She's all slow and she like smells it and like she gives it to me. I'm like, like ah, it's hot. <laughs> it's it's if the, um, I I think that there's a real value in in not looking at it as a drink, but looking at it looking at it as like a ritual and an experience. Yeah, a lot of um, our chai customers. Um, they, it's almost a treat for them because they know the beauty of it. They know the the um, quality, um, the care that was put into it. And so there is that ritual. And I, I love it. It's a ritual for me too. You mentioned um, the lady's name who did the branding because I yeah. love the branding. What was her name again? Her name is Emma Scott. She's my business partner for Tokyo. Oh, she's your business partner. Yeah. And, 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 does she do branding for companies? Yeah, um, yes. She, um, maybe shout out her website because I'm sure we can even put it in the – on the website, but what, what, like, how could people contact her for branding? Uh, I can certainly. Uh, she was the co-owner of award-winning brand um, agency Tiny Hunter, mm-hmm. and um, has recently become a mother, so is doing her own thing now. And um, I'd love to give her her more business. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll, people will contact you from the website and maybe put yeah. her on because people are always looking for someone amazing to do a brand. I love what she did. I even the experience of opening the box and say so, you know, like every, the whole experience was special. She's a genius when it comes to that. So she's uh, not only a brand strategist, she has um uh, received multiple awards for design as well and it's quite rare that you get the two together. Mm. And, you, I mean, we've mentioned a lot of awards yep. uh, in this conversation. Now, I know you've obviously got a lot of awards. How do you feel, like, how do you feel that, have they made a difference to um, uh, to you and your business in any way? Like, for example, have they been great social proof or how do you think they've impacted your, your, um, uh, your, your journey in business? On a personal level, because mastery is very important for me, mastery is an ever-evolving process, right? You never reach a point of mastery. Mastery is a continued evolution. It's the what's next, what's next. And so on a personal level, it's um, validation. I'm not one that needs validation from others so much, um, but it's validation also um, that what I'm doing is um, in service of other people. Um, it's working for other people. Otherwise, why would you, how would you not get the awards? And so, um, uh, and of course, social proof to be an author is to be, have authority. And um, I think the, on my, on a personal side, it's validation that, oh, you're doing a good job here. People are recognizing you. But I think also on the other side, people need to see that. Um, that you have uh, credibility and and credence and mastery around what you do, it's a uh, helps them to decide and discern, right? Yeah, and credibility is that word. It's kind of like 
you're a lawyer because you have the certificate that says you are, that you makes you credible, yeah. you know, like, well, you're a great business person or a great author because you have that certificate that's, that says you are. It's like yeah. there's something almost simple but so effective in, in, in the whole process of, you know, awarding someone something. Yeah, I mean, um, I I'm, um, belong to an agency called Ode who represent the top 15 non-celebrity speakers in the world. Everyone can speak. Oh, uh, that's not true. Anyone can speak, but can you speak well? Yes, and also <laughs> can you speak in public? Are you a master at it? And that's that's the deciding factor, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, people shit themselves when they speak in public. Like, even me, like, um, like I have to speak a lot, but I I don't like it. And and uh, like I screwed up my boa launch speech, like literally just blacked out in it. I was like, oh fuck, where am I? Like, what am I? Where? Like, what am I going to say? And, <laughs> And, and my speech is normally I just talk. I have some idea of what I'm saying, but I'll, I'll just talk. And for this speech, I practiced it like 250 times and I screwed it up. And then after that, I said, I'm never going to practice this speech again. I'm never going to come in with like a, exactly what I'm going to say. I'm just going to come in with some talking points and just see what comes out of my mouth because I like, but my point is, and I've been, like I speak in front of a lot of people for like eight years I, and I still screwed it up. So you know, people struggle with public speaking. Have you been natural at it or did you have to grow at it? Or what, what are the, what, what's the feeling you get before you, I mean, 4,000 people speaking in front of you said that th that's a lot. So what's that feeling you get when you walk out and how do you kind of center yourself? You hold a chai tea. And <laughs> um, breath, training. Um, I uh, prepare myself physically uh, before I go on stage what does that mean? Energetically to do breath work in order to expand my Taurus field. Everyone has a Taurus field. Everyone has an energetic field. It comes from the magnetism of the heart. And so um, that's when you walk into a room or you're with someone and they've got that something because their energy has already touched you before they open their mouths, right? And that's what the and Taurus field is. Yeah, well, we all have a Taurus field. That's when, and it depends when, when someone is repellent or or, or magnetic. You know what I mean. And, and when you know how to um, manipulate your energetics like that, that can spread four meters to ten meters wide. Um, before I go on stage, I'm also watching the room. When I get on stage, I'm watching how everyone's breathing, how their chests are rising, if their shoulders are arising. So I know that you're relaxed because you're not breathing short in your chest and in your shoulders. And so you've given me permission and you've given yourself permission. And so we just watch the room. That's the preparation piece, energetically, physically. Um, and obviously there's a whole lot of preparation. Um, you know, if we're getting paid that amount of money, you want to know your shit, right? But it's also understanding the... I get asked this a lot. Are you not stressed? Are you um, not fearful? First of all, I'm a professional speaker. Um, I'm, I'm not stressed because I know what I'm doing. I know my stuff. I've, I know my stuff so well that it doesn't look like there's any preparation or rehearsing. Obviously, there has to be. But I also understand one of the most important laws of the universe, the universal law, which is the law of supporters and challenges, which says that it doesn't matter what environment you are in, there will never ever be 100% supporters or 100% challenges. It will always be 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, 80-20, 90-10, the percentage is. And so if I know my stuff, if I'm a master at what I do 
And also I understand that it is impossible because it would go against one of the most important laws of the universe that in this audience it is impossible for 100% of the people to like me, then I can chill out, relax, have a good time and have some fun. Um, it's like this podcast. I know that some people will listen and go, she's whack. What's she on about? What is all this spiritual shit? And some people go, oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. And so there's no fear and there's no um, dissonance to be adding value when we can completely understand that not everyone's going to like us and be okay with that. But I think um, one of the things that if, if I may off, offer you, um, Daniel, for when you publicly speak is that everyone wants the best for you. Everyone wants to see you do well. Everyone like, likes you and loves you because you're very likable. And so knowing that it's okay to mess up. It's okay to not be polished. It's okay to just be you. And so uh, when we understand that the person or the people on the other side just want to see us do well and just want to see us be human and just want to see us um, add value, and then we can relax a little and be okay with everything. I think that's a beautiful message for all the listeners and myself and a great way to end today's episode. So thank you so much, Pauline, for, for, for coming on today. The joy was mine. Thank you. No, it was fantastic. I, I absolutely loved getting to meet you. And um, to our listeners, if you want to get in contact with Pauline, go to cub.club forward slash podcast. You can find uh, – actually, before we finish, I wanted to um, say one thing because I loved uh, both your greatest lesson in business slash life and your favorite quote that you gave us. Um, do you mind if I read read what it is? Yeah, or do you want to say I forgot it? what I wrote. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I have so many. So well, I, your favorite quote was. Oh yes, yes, yes. We do not climb mountains so that people can see us. We climb mountains that so that we can see the world. Yeah, I love that. And the and and your lesson was, I shouldn't even be reading these. You're supposed to go to the website for them, but whatever. They're, they're, they're fantastic. People, people do not have business problems. They have personal problems that reflect on their business. Mm. I completely agree with that. And I agree with that for um, staff as well. You know, so, sometimes if something's, if the staff member's doing something a certain way or acting a certain way, there's probably something going on in their life that, you, you know, maybe yeah. you can help them with or help talk to them I, about. I coach a lot of entrepreneurs, um, uh, but already established entrepreneurs. I don't coach startups. But it's um, with that, it's a, I am not a business coach because – that would just bore me to death. But what I do coach on will absolutely help you to improve your business. So it, it works from the inside out. Mm. And so, again, I'll try <laughs> to our listeners, go to cub.club forward slash podcast uh, and you can uh, get in contact with Pauline there and get to the website of the Red Lantern. You should book at the Red Lantern. I'm going to be and get some Tiger Pur chai tea. Um, <laughs> thank you again so much for coming on. You're most welcome. Thank you so much. The joy is mine. Hope you enjoy the show.